Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, this morning we are continuing in this series we've been doing the last few weeks called Beyond Success. So everybody say Beyond Success. Not Beyonce. Some of y'all were saying Beyonce. I heard you. Beyond success. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at this incredible parable, really my favorite parable that Jesus tells. It's in the book of Matthew 25. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there or get ready in your LifeGate app because we're going to be there in just a little bit. It's the parable of the talents or the parable of the three servants. And here's what we've been doing. We've been looking at what does God say about success. And here's the thing we've discovered is it really doesn't matter what I think about success or what you think about success or what the world thinks about success. What really matters is what does God think, right? And what does God think? Well, I believe in this parable, we actually get God's view of what it looks like to be a successful person, to live a successful life, to live the kind of life that one day, just as we see in the parable, that we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for the life that we lived on that day. Man, we want to be able to hear him say those all important words, well done, good and faithful servant. And what does that look like to live that kind of life? What does it look like? And we've had kind of this one key idea or key thought that has really run throughout this series. I think it's the main point of this parable in Matthew 25. And that is this, that God's idea of success is what? If you know it, come on, say it with me. It is living up to your potential that every single one of us, man, we have potential. We have gifts and abilities and talents and resources and things that God has placed into our lives. And one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account. What did we do with what God gave us? How did we live up to the potential that he placed in us? And on that day, man, we're not going to be compared to how did somebody else do with what they had. We are going to give account for us, for how we lived with what God gave us. And my goal, my heart for this series is to help every single one of you to live up to God's potential for your life. And if that's going to happen, man, there are going to be some principles that we're going to have to live out. And so what we've done is just kind of just dive into this parable of the talents and just look at what are some of the success principles that we see. There we go right there. What are some of the success principles that we see that cause these men in this parable actually to be able to be successful? And what we've done is we've discovered that there are six principles. So everybody say six principles. Six principles of success, of being a a success in God's eyes, living up to our potential. And we're diving into each one. And then in our life groups, uh, we're also talking about six more principles of success. So here's the thing. Like, if you're only coming on Sundays, you're only getting half of the stuff. So you need to be in a life group as well. And what we've done is we just kind of breaking each one down. The first couple weeks, we looked at the first two. The first one was, if you're going to live up to your potential, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to work Hard. So everybody look at your neighbor, just point at him and tell him, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to work hard. And we talked about this idea that, man, sometimes the only difference between success and failure really is a little bit of hard work. 
Not that many people want to work hard this day and age, but if you're going to live up to your potential, if you're going to stand before God and hear him say, well done, man, you got to put some blood, sweat, and tears into it. And we talked about that. Then last week, we talked about the second principle, that if you're going to live up to your potential, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to take responsibility. So everybody look at your other neighbor, point at him. Come on, just point at him and say, you got to take responsibility. Come on. You are responsible for you. I am responsible for me. And God will hold me responsible for what I did with the one and only life that he gave me. And man, we dove into that last week. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at this third principle of godly success. And man, this is an important one. Of all of them, man, this might be the most important. And that is this. If you are going to live up to your potential, if you're going to reach God's success for your life, here's what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to make good choices. So everybody turn around to your neighbor behind you, point at them and say, you got to make good choices. Hey, let's talk about this for just a second. Let's help me out with a little survey here. Raise your hand. Everybody in the house participating. How many of you have ever made a bad choice? Come on, raise your hand all over. Some of you ain't raising your hand. You're lying, man. You need to go back and look at your high school yearbook. You made some bad choices. That hair, those glasses, that mustache, come on. Some of you are saying, I'm sitting next to my bad choice today. No, that was a bad jo- joke. That was terrible. That was bad. I shouldn't even went there. <laughs> Here's the deal, guys. How many know choices are important? The choices you make in life, guess what? You don't just make your choices. Your choices will make you. Everything that you are in life will come down to the decisions that you made. You are the sum total of your life's choices. And I'm telling you, any area of your life where you want to be successful, you better make good choices. If you want to be successful as a husband, you're going to have to make some good choices. If you want to be successful as a father or as a mother or as a wife or as a boss or as a business leader or in ministry or in any area of your life, success comes down to this. People who are successful make a certain amount of good choices in their lives. And this is what we see in this parable, that these two men who I believe God called successfully said they did it well. The guy who had five and the guy who had two, these two men were successful in large part because they made some good choices. They made a series of good choices that are the same choices that every person who's going to live up to God's potential in their life is going to have to make in our lives as well. In fact, what I want to do is I just want to spend the rest of this message talking about four choices that all successful people have to make in life. If you're taking notes, we're going to go one by one. You can write them down today. The first one is this, is that successful people choose the important over the urgent. Check this out in verse number 16 of our text. It says, and the man who had received five bags of gold went, everybody say this, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. I want you to see three words that describe these two successful men in this story. And those three words are this, went at once. 
What made these two men successful? They were successful because they knew the difference between the urgent and the important. They were successful because they understood this one word that will make or break your life. And that word is this priorities. In fact, you might want to write this down today. If you're going to live up to your potential, if you're going to stand before God and be successful, it's going to come down to what did you do with your time? What kind of priorities did you live out in this life? Because here's the deal, guys. You only get one amount, set amount of time. Like you can always make more money, but guess what? You can't make more time. And so many of us, the reason that we miss out on the full potential that God has for us is we spend the most of our time on the least important things in life. And here's the choice you're going to have to make. You're going to have to decide, what am I going to do with the time that God gave me here on this planet? Because all of us have the same amounts. Every day, you have 24 hours. What are you going to do with those 24 hours? Every day, you've got 1,140 minutes. Every day, you've got 86,400 seconds. And once they're gone, you don't get them back. And so you have to make the choice. What am I going to do with the time that I have while I'm here on this planet? Am I going to waste my time on things that are not important? Am I going to allow others to determine my priorities by the things that seem to be urgent? Or am I going to manage my time in a way that says I'm going to spend my time on the things that are really important in life? Because, man, time is so valuable. In fact, I like what John Maxwell says about it in his book, Today Matters. He says, if you want to know the value of one year, ask the student who failed the class. If you want to know the value of one month, ask the mother of a premature baby. If you want to know the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly magazine. I might add in there, ask the pastor who has to get a new sermon every seven days. If you want to know the value of one day, ask the wage earner who has six children. If you want to know the value of one hour, ask the couple in a long-distance relationship who are waiting to see each other. If you want to know the value of one minute, ask the person who missed the plane. If you want to know the value of one second, ask the person who barely survived the accident. If you want to know the value of a millisecond, ask the silver medalist at the Olympics. Time is valuable. What are you doing with your time? And successful people realize that I have to make choices about what I do with my time. I have to set my priorities because if I don't set my priorities, somebody will set them for me. There's always something urgent to do. There's always something to distract me. But successful people realize that I have to choose the important things rather than just the urgent things in my life. How do I do that? Well, let me help you just a little bit. Let's get real practical for just a second. Here's a few questions you got to ask yourself if you're going to be successful. If you're taking notes, write them down. Letter A is this. You need to, when you look at your life, here's, and when you're trying to decide what you're going to do with your time, here's what you need to say. First of all, what is required of me? Because how many know we all have stuff that, that we just have to do? Like, right? You know, if you have a job, what is required from you at your job? What is it that your boss expects you to do? And guess what? If something is required of you, you probably ought to make that a priority. 
You probably ought to do that first. And so in every area of your life, you might say, man, I want to be a great dad. Okay, what would be required of me to be a great dad or a great mom or a great husband or a great leader or whatever it is that I want to be? What is required of me? What is it that I can't pass off to anybody else? In fact, some of you are leaders in this room today. Maybe you lead people or teams in your business or or you lead ministries or whatever. And you've got to say, hey, what is it that only I can do? that I can't delegate to anybody else. For me, here's what I only I can do in this church is hear from God and get vision for the church and communicate that vision. I can't delegate that to anybody else. And so here's what I do. What is required of me? That is what is required of me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make that first priority in how I spend my time. What's required of me? But then notice this, not only what is required, but second, letter B, write this down. What brings the greatest return? So if you're trying to decide, hey, how am I going to spend my time? What's important? I got to know, hey, what do I have to do? But then I also got to know, like, what is it that when I do it, it, it brings about great return or it brings about it brings about great effectiveness? Some of you say, man, I'm really good at certain things. And when I do that, it brings it makes things successful in my work. Or some of you maybe in your family would go, hey, when I do these things and I spend time on this, my family goes more smoothly or my marriage is better or whatever. And you look at your life and you go, what is required? And then what brings about the greatest return. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the most of my time on the things that bring about the greatest return. In fact, there's a business principle, but I think it applies to all areas of our life. It's called the Pareto principle. And it basically goes like this, that 80% of your results will come from spending time on 20% of your top priorities. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to decide to spend 80% of my time on my top 20% of my priorities, and that's what's going to bring about the greatest success. And so I ask myself, when I'm thinking about how I'm going to spend my time, I ask myself, is it required? Will it bring return? But then let her see, write this down. What brings about the greatest reward? Because here's the deal. Even if it's required and it brings great results, if I don't like doing it, I ain't going to have no joy. (laughs) And the goal, we talked about it last week, is that, or when we talked about work, is that, is that hey, what I want to do is I want to find work that actually fits within my giftings and my talents and that I want the things that I have to do and that the things that I'm good at to actually be the things that I like to do, right? And here's, here's a problem for a lot of people, though, is that they want to skip past letter A and letter B and they just want to do what they want to do, <laughs> They just want to, hey, I'm going to just spend my time doing whatever makes me happy. And you know what? It might make you happy for a while, but then when you're broke and you can't pay the bills, you ain't going to be very happy. So I have to figure out, what is it that is important and what is it that's just a distraction or just urgent? And I have to make my decisions. I have to make this choice. I will prioritize my life to spend the most of my time on the things that are the most important. Every successful person has to make that choice. Number two, write this down. Notice this second choice that every successful person in God's eyes will make. Successful people choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. Man, check this out in verse number 16. I love the way it says it in the New Century Version. It says, the servant who got five bags went quickly to what? Everybody say this word. To invest the money he had earned and earned five more bags. Notice the key word here. What's the key word? Come on, say it. The key word is invest. He invested his money. Now, how many know what an investment is? 
right? An investment is whenever I, I, I sacrifice now in order to get something better later, right? It's like I invest some money. I put some money in the stock market so that later I'm going to get dividends or I'm going to get return or I'm going to get reward, right? I'm investing in a relationship. I'm investing in all kinds of different things. And really, when you think about this word invest, isn't it really the same thing as discipline, right? I mean, discipline is simply this, like, I'm going to do the hard stuff now so that I can get the good stuff later. Come on, that was good right there. Like, y'all should tweet that out. Hashtag good preaching. My pastor can preach. Come on, right? Because here's the deal. Isn't that what discipline is? Discipline says, hey, I'm going to pay the price now so that I can enjoy the rewards later. I'm going to do the stuff that is hard now so that later I can experience the blessings, the good things. I'm going to, I'm going to plant the seeds now. I'm going to experience the pain of discipline now so that I can have the reward later in my life. And here's what I know, that if I don't experience the pain of discipline now, what's going to happen is later I'm going to experience the pain of regrets. And how many people live their lives just like that? Live with regrets because they were not willing to pay the price now. They were not willing to discipline themselves now. And later they end up having all kinds of pain and struggle and regret. And here's the deal, guys. Like, you're going to have pain either way. Don't you feel encouraged now, right? But you are. So you get to choose. Do I have the pain that's temporary now so that I can have the reward later? Or do I do whatever I want now and avoid the pain of the disciplines now and then later experience the pain of regrets? It's like what one person said. They said, here's what discipline really amounts to. It's choosing what I want most more than what I want in the moment. And that's exactly what discipline is all about. That's the choice that every successful person has to make. What do I want most? And what do I have to choose now in order to later be able to experience what I want most? And most people, that's not how they live. Most people, here's what they live on. What do I want now? I'm going to live for how I want to live now. And then later on, they experience the pain of regret, wishing that they would have disciplined themselves in the moment because they missed out on the things they wanted the most. Let me ask you, what do you want most? Like, do you want to be a great dad? And you want your kids to grow up to know and love and serve Jesus with all of their heart? Okay, if that's what you want most, then here's the choice you have to make. What areas do I need to discipline myself in order to see that happen? What do I need to do now? It might be, hey, we need to decide that, hey, we're only going to do select whatever ball like once a year, not all year long because we're going to be in church and that's important to us. Or it may be, hey, I need to work a few less hours so that I can be there and have a relationship with my kids or whatever. I've got to choose the pain of discipline now so that I can experience the joy of the return later, not the pain of the regrets. What do you want most? Oh, man, I want to build a great business. I want to build a business that, that loves people and is a great place for people to work and blesses the kingdom of God and makes a difference. Okay, what choices do you need to make now in order for that to happen later? Man, maybe it means, hey, I need to now decide I got to get somebody in my life to be a mentor and a coach and teach me some things. Or I need to make some sacrifices now. Or we need to learn to be generous, not just with our personal finances, but with our business finances or whatever it is so that later I can experience the thing that I want most. On and on and on, I can go in life. Man, 
I want my, what I want most is I want to be healthy and live a long life and see my grandkids. Okay, what do I need to do now in order to experience that later? Oh, it might be, hey, I need to change the way I eat a little bit or I need to exercise or I need to get a trainer or a doctor or whatever that I need to do to do now so that I can experience what I want most later. Oh, I want to grow in my relationship with God. I just want to be all God. Okay, here's what you got to do. I got to decide now, man. I'm going to do the disciplines of reading my Bible and studying my Bible and praying and being in a life group and being in church and all those disciplines that are difficult and hard now so that later down the road I can experience the reward. It's a choice every, every successful person has to make. Has to choose between the pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. You got to choose the important over the urgent. You got to choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. Number three, write this one down. Successful people, here's what they choose. They choose the risk of progress over the safety of protection. Check it out. I I love the way this reads in the message translation in verse number 24. Look what it says. It says, and the servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways and that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. And I was afraid that I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. And here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. And the master was what? Everybody say it. And the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew that I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done was to have invested the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little bit of interest. Man, it's so interesting to me that the master was frustrated at the servant. And why was he frustrated at the servant? Because the servant played it safe. The servant made the choice. I'm going to live in protection rather than live by risk-taking faith. And isn't it easy to live like that? I mean, the truth is, guys, the more you have, the harder it is to live by faith. People in other countries, in third world countries, who have very little, it's so easy for them to step out and risk and live by faith because they have very, very little. But the more we have, and as Americans, man, we are incredibly blessed. And the more we have, you know what? The harder it is to really live by faith. I've seen this in my own life. When we first moved here to plant this church, we took a huge risk leaving our church that was established and and coming here with nothing and nobody to plant this church. But then once we got here, like, it was easy to risk on stuff. Like, anytime it's like, try something new, do whatever. You know why? Because there wasn't very many of us. (laughs) And there wasn't much to lose. Sure, we'll go ahead and do that. There are like 12 of us. What do we got to lose? You know what I'm saying? But as the church grew, you know what? It's become harder and harder and harder to step out and take faith steps. Man, when, when God puts it on our heart to start a new service or build a new building, and man, there's a whole lot more risk to that. I mean, there's your reputation at stake, and then there, there's a lot of money and a lot of people and all that kind of stuff, and it's really easy if we're not careful to get ourselves into a protection mode. Many of you, maybe this is exactly the way that you have lived. You've decided, man, I'm just going to keep my life the way that it is. I like it. It's comfortable. I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to be safe and I'm going to remove all risks from my life. Let me just tell you something. It's impossible to do. 
In fact, some of you, you decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my life in a way where, I'm, you know, I'm going to put a helmet on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap myself in bubble wrap and not have any risks in life. But guess what? Even, even if you just drive a car, did you know 20% of all people who died, die driving a car? Oh, well, I won't drive a car, so here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll travel by air, by train, or by boat. But guess what? 16% of people die doing that. Oh, well, I'll just walk. Well, you know what? 15% of people who die, die while they're walking. Oh, I'll just stay at home and never leave. Guess what? 17% of people who die, die at home. What are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying. Life is risky. And you're going to risk whether you want to or not. So you might as well step out and live by faith. That's what made the man with five and the man with two successful is they were willing to risk the five that they had or the two that they had in order to do something that God, the master, had called them to do. And here's the deal is that God is calling every single one of us to live by faith instead of living by protection mode. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Hebrews. It says, without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible to please God. Guess what? It's impossible to please God unless you take some risk, unless you live by faith. And every single person who has ever who has ever lived on this planet who did something to live up to their potential throughout the Bible, you can see it. Every single one had to take steps of faith. Abraham, Moses, David, Peter, on and on and on and on we could go. There's no reward without the risk. You can't please God without, without faith. In fact, it reminds me of Story I heard one time about the African impala. African impala is, is an incredible animal. In fact, the scientists tell us that this animal can, can leap close to 10 feet up in the air. Can you imagine that? And in one single leap can actually leap close to 30 feet in distance. Amazing. And yet this incredible animal, even though it can leap so high and leap so far, it can actually be kept in captivity in a zoo by a wall that is only three feet high. You say, how in the world can you keep this animal captive with a three-foot wall? It can jump 30 feet and 10 feet in the air. And here's the reason is because the African impala will not leap where it can't see its feet land. And many of us, this is the way we live our life. I'm not going to take a leap until I can see where my feet are going to land. And could it be that the next level for you is just on the other side of a wall? But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take a step of faith. It's going to take saying, hey, I'm making the choice today that I'm not going to, I'm not going to live in a protection mode, but I'm going to choose the risk of progress over the risk of protection. I'm going to live my life in such a way that I'm going to please God by living by faith. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Come on, tell your neighbor. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Successful people make these choices, important over the urgent, discipline over regret, risk of progress over the safety of protection. But that leads me to my last point, and that is this, that successful people have to make this choice every day. Trust over fear. In fact, this is what we see in this, in this passage. The man, the man who buried his talent, the man who hid what the master had given him, he gave a reason for why he buried it. He says, I was afraid, right? But there was more to it than that. There was a fear that, 
that, that, that wasn't just about fear. It actually went down to a lack of trust in the master's motive. In fact, look at it in verse number 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew, look at this, I knew that you were a hard man gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Here's why I was afraid. I was afraid because I thought I knew who the master was. I was afraid because I thought I knew his motive. I was afraid because I thought he's a mean guy. He's a hard boss. He's just looking to punish those who mess up. And what he didn't understand was that the master's motive was not to punish someone who messed up. The master's true motive was to promote those who trusted in him and were faithful. And isn't this the way that many Christians live their life? The reason we're not, we're not willing to step out and live by faith, the reason we don't make God the priority of our life, and the reason we don't live in discipline and all these other choices that we make come down to a lack of trust. And the lack of trust really comes down to a lack of understanding of who the master really is. Because we get this idea that God's this mean God up in the sky, just waiting for us to blow it so that he can zap us with his lightning bolts. And it's a wrong understanding of who the master is. Just like this man, he thought, Master, you're, he thought he knew who he was. Master, you're a mean, hard man to work for, but he had a wrong understanding of the master's motive. Many of us, that's what keeps us from fully going all in with God. Is we think, oh man, you know, even if he's not a mean God up there trying to zap me, if I give him my whole life, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. He's going to make me be a monk in a monastery somewhere or a missionary in Africa. Or I don't want to surrender my life to him because I'm afraid of what is his plan and motive for my life. And what we have to understand, the whole reason the master put these guys through this whole test was because he's just looking. I'm looking for someone to promote. And when you're faithful, I can give you more. I'm not trying to punish. I'm trying to move you up. And if we could just get that in our hearts, if we could just understand that God is a master. who he, You know what he wants? He wants to bless you. He wants the best for you. And if you just get an idea of who he really is, you make the choice. Instead of living in this fear of what would happen if I gave it all to him, you live in this trust of whatever happens when I give it all to him, I know it's going to be for my good. In fact, that's what the scripture says in 1 John, perfect love casts out all fear. Like when I really know the master, when I really know who he is and what he wants for me, then I'm not afraid to give him my whole life. There are some of you that are here today. Man, you need need to make some hard choices. If you're really going to live up to your potential the way we're talking about, some of you need to choose What am I doing with my time? Because you've been spending your time on things that you thought were urgent or you thought were important, but they weren't the things that were really the most important in light of eternity. Some of you need to make some choices today that, hey, I need to discipline some areas of my life. In fact, the reason I'm experiencing this pain over here is because I've been avoiding this pain over in the area of discipline. I need to make that choice. Some of you, God is calling you to step out and take some leaps of faith in your life, and you can't see where your feet are going to land. And I'll just tell you today, you're never going to know all that there is to know. You just can't see it. But that's why the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. Some of you are here today, and the choice you need to make is you need to decide, I'm going to trust the master with my life. 
Instead of being afraid to live out this life we've been talking about, I'm going to realize that he's a good God. And he has good plans for me. And even when I go through difficult stuff, he wants to take it and work it all together for my good if I am living my life called according to his purpose. And so... 